Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Rapid Fire. I apologize. It's been such a long time since I've done a show, but I have been traveling across the country, getting all of these different stories, covering the border, covering the NCAA. I've been going on various shows such as Tim Pool. We were on with Tucker Carlson himself. That was my big announcement. It finally happened. It was absolutely incredible. And because of all of the travel, because of all of the reporting, it has taken away time from me being able to come on live streams as often as I used to. However, I have still kept up with all of the news that has been going on since our last live stream. So this show is going to be basically a gigantic uh, amalgamation of all of the news that we've missed since our last show. We're going to be talking about that, starting off with the fact that Elon Musk is trying to buy Twitter. The Biden administration has ended mask mandates on airlines. Five fully formed babies were found murdered in Washington, D.C. The feds are finally being exposed. Shanghai is under a horrific lockdown. And Disney, BLM, and the LGBTQ community are facing a reckoning as America pushes back against their horrible agenda targeting our kids. Welcome back to another episode of Rapid Fire. My name is Savannah Hernandez, your host for the next hour as we delve into the complete insanity that is taking place in our society. Now, I went back and forth with what to name tonight's show. It was either going to be our society is completely out of control, but then I realized that the left and liberals are about to face, and they currently are facing a huge reckoning. I wanted to spin it in a more of a positive light because you know what? A lot of great and positive things are happening. Again, starting off with the fact that your girl was on with Tucker Carlson for a full hour long podcast. Okay. It was my career goal to get on his show for just a five minute news hit. We made it for the full entire hour. Sit down with Tucker. It was awesome. I will let you guys know when that podcast is going to be airing. But again, Apologies that I haven't been here myself. I've been doing a couple of other things. So that was one of the things we were on with Tucker. It was a great time. Absolutely legendary. He was the best person I have ever met in the industry. He and I talked about a multitude of issues. Um, The show was based around my career, all of the censorship that I've experienced. So you guys are definitely going to want to check that out. Another one of the big things that I covered while I was gone was the border crisis. Now, I went down to Eagle Pass, Brownsville, McAllen, here in Texas, all of those southern border cities to really check out the scene and see what was going on. And it was absolutely shocking to me to watch illegal immigrants swim across the Rio Grande from Mexico into the U.S. and start celebrating as they illegally broke into our country. I watched this happen for about three days. And then I went away from, uh, you know, the Rio Grande portion of the border crossing, went to Brownsville, where I got to watch the non-governmental organizations who help these illegal immigrants to buy bus tickets and plane tickets and ship them throughout the U.S. So if you guys want to go see that reporting, go to my Instagram at Sav with one N. It was absolutely insane. But I want to show you a little excerpt here of what the Biden administration is current currently allowing to prosper at our border. Because keep in mind, Joe Biden is about to revoke Title 42. If you aren't familiar with what that is, let's watch this clip of what is happening at our border, and then I'll get into that with you here. But my friend Juan, uh, more news, he goes by that moniker because he has had the cartel put hits out on him for his reporting on the border. He got this clip back in August of 2021, and he released it to me. It is a video of little kids who have been allegedly drugged by human smugglers down at the border, and they do this in an attempt to silence the children as they smuggle them across. Let's watch this clip. 
This is what they do to the kids, guys. This is really a reality. This is, this is actually policy. the United States right now. This is he's unconscious. Oh, he's totally unconscious. I'm sitting here with the reporter who goes by Juan Moore News. Juan, this is the first time this footage is being seen. Can you explain to us what we're seeing? So this footage was taken uh, back in August of 2021 in Roma, Texas. So this footage is when we encountered a lot of children that were uh, made it across the river and they were actually sedated by the cartel members and the smugglers in order to stay quiet. Now, they sedate them so they don't make any noise and make any problems when they're crossing. And I mean, they did sedate to the point that they look like they're dead. So that's some of the footage that my friend got. Uh, again, you can go to my Rumble channel to watch that full report. I'm not going to put it here on YouTube because we have gotten so many strikes on this channel that one more strike and we are out. So we're trying to be somewhat careful with this channel. However, you can still find all of my reporting on Rumble. So go check out that full report. Absolutely heartbreaking what the Biden administration is allowing to prosper at our southern border. Everybody's been focused in on Russia and Ukraine. We're sending millions and billions of dollars to that country Meanwhile, here on our own southern border, children are being smuggled and trafficked every single day. And the Biden administration is not only quiet about it, they're allowing it to happen. What else is going on? This article comes from the Gazette. It says U.S. teens recruited to drive migrants from Mexican border. Now, I have a lot of news that we need to get into today, so I'm not going to read into this story. But I highly encourage you guys to go and actually read the entirety of this article. I did. And basically, uh, these human smugglers, the cartel, whoever at the border is recruiting teenagers and saying, hey, we'll pay you, uh, you know, $100, $200 per migrant that you help us smuggle across the border or take further into the United States. Uh, this ha was happening in New Mexico. This is just an example of one of the many things that's happening at our border. From Bill Malusian, who is the border reporter for Fox News, he says, uh, and this comes from three days ago, new Del Rio sector border patrol arrested three convicted sex offenders last week, a Mexican man convicted of sexual misconduct with a minor in Indiana, a Guatemalan man with forcible sex abuse in Washington, and a Mexican man with sex misconduct with a minor, 62,000 gotaways in March alone. So oftentimes when we report, oh, 2 million people, 2, many, uh, 2 million illegal immigrants have crossed into the United States, that isn't even counting the gotaway numbers. Gotaway means that Border Patrol wasn't able to catch them because they're so severely overrun at the border, and so they don't necessarily get processed. They don't get counted. Um, but they have an idea of how many people are, I guess, Godaways. So uh, these are some of the numbers that we're seeing. And I spoke to the deputy constable down in Eagle Pass, and he was telling me that from January of 2020 to this point now, we've already surpassed a million illegal immigrants who have crossed the border into Texas. That's what's currently going on. Now, Greg Abbott said he was going to combat this by sending these illegal immigrants to the U.S. Capitol in Washington, D.C. Now, I personally think that Greg Abbott should put them on a bus and send them back to wherever they came from across the border. And again, just watching these illegals so blatantly jump into the river and cross, Border Patrol really can't do anything. National Guard can't do anything either because the Biden administration has their hands tied. It was shocking to me. And so... I was like, why don't you tell them to go back? Or why aren't we putting these illegal immigrants on a bus back to Mexico? 
Apparently, federally, Greg Abbott is not allowed to do that because of the Biden administration and things they have put in place. So he decided to drop them off from Texas at the U.S. Capitol in Washington, D.C. He says Biden refuses to come see the mess he's made at the border. So Texas is bringing the border to him. I believe that not one but two buses filled with illegal immigrants has since been dropped off in Washington, D.C. That's what's currently going on with Texas. And again, too, just to really highlight how much the Biden administration is allowing corruption and illegal activity to prosper in our country at the expense of the average American. From the New York Post, CDC extends transit masking after scrapping Title 42 for migrants. That's right, guys. The Biden administration is going to be extending the mask mandate on public transportation, a.k.a. airplanes, another 15 days, despite scrapping the Title 42 Public Health Authority over illegal immigrants earlier this month due to the wide availability of coronavirus treatments. Now, I said I would get into a little bit more what Title 42 is. Basically, Donald Trump passed this uh, during COVID, and it basically made it easier for Border Patrol to expel illegal immigrants immediately because of health concerns, because of COVID-19. Once Title 42 gets revoked, and I know this because my friend uh, Jorge Ventura of The Daily Caller actually went into Mexico and interviewed illegal immigrants over there. Once Title 42 gets revoked, the immigrants are saying, well, we're going to start recrossing again in May because then it will make it harder for Border Patrol to immediately expel us. So the average American still being enslaved by this government, and yes, I use the term enslaved because we are against our will being forced to do something that is against our rights. Why are we still wearing face masks on planes? It absolutely makes no sense. It's ridiculous. The Biden administration continuing to force us against our will to wear face masks. No scientific basis in why we're still wearing them but is scrapping Title 42 for illegal immigrants and allowing them to cross over our border en masse. So that's what I've been up to over the past two weeks, just watching this crisis unfold. The Biden administration aiding and abetting in illegal activity. This wouldn't be the first time a Biden did that, so not surprising in the slightest, but very heartbreaking to see. Now, it's not all bad. From CNBC, this just broke today. Elon Musk offers to buy Twitter for $43 billion so it can be transformed as a private company. Now, to give you guys a little bit of a background on this, if you haven't been following, Elon Musk bought 9.2% of Twitter shares, making him the largest shareholder. I believe that was sometime last week that he did that. They offered him a spot on their board, but told him, hey, Elon, if you're a board member, you can't tweet about Twitter. You can't you know, ask or say certain things. And he said, yeah, I'm not going to do that. So then today it comes out that homeboy just tries to buy Twitter as a whole. Okay. He said, all right, here's $43 billion. He's offering to buy Twitter for $54 and 20 cents a share. Funny, Elon, very funny. If you admit that five, it's a 420 there. He always does that. I think it's hilarious. Anyway, Elon Musk offering to buy Twitter for $54.20 a share or about $43 billion. I believe he offered about $10 more per share than it is currently selling for. He is quoted saying, I invested in Twitter as I believe in its potential to be the platform for free speech around the globe. And I believe free speech is a societal imperative for a functioning democracy, Musk wrote in a letter sent to Twitter chairman Brett Taylor. Now, how is the left responding to this? How are all of the people who have celebrated 
as the Babylon Bee, Donald Trump, Project Veritas, the Gateway Pundit, Alex Jones, myself, amongst a multitude of other conservative voices have been censored for telling the truth. Those same people that were celebrating all of that are now crying. John Cardillo comes out with this amazing point. He says, by merely offering to buy Twitter, Elon Musk has exposed the left in hours in ways the GOP hasn't been able to in decades. And he 100% has, because we are now seeing the monopoly on free speech that the left wing has. They're up in arms. They're freaking out. I have this amazing article from the New York Post that basically talks about how um, Twitter had to give their employees a rest day because they were just so up in arms and freaking out about Elon taking over Twitter from the New York Post. Twitter, a shit show for employees since Elon Musk took a major stake. This article came out two days ago. It says Elon Musk's looming battle with Twitter's board as a source of major anxiety for company employees, many of whom are reportedly worried that billionaires campaign to force changes is just the beginning. Oh my gosh, this is so good. Twitter CEO Parag Agrawal broke the news on his account the previous night, um, describing Musk's decision not to be a part of the board as for the best, even as he warned workers they would face distractions ahead. The uncertainty left Twitter workers feeling super stressed about the future, with employees reportedly working together to help each other get through the week. The report cited interviews with Twitter employees who asked not to be identified while discussing the company's inner workings. Several employees saying that Twitter's internal environment was a shit show after Musk's deal with the board fell through. As somebody who has gotten deleted, permanently banned off of Twitter twice for telling the truth, remember, Twitter never gave me a reason as to why they banned my account. They just said, yeah, you're just banned. Sorry. No more Twitter account for you. Keep in mind, as a reporter, this is a very effective tool. I used to go on various news networks and be able to report on what I was doing. Now, Instagram is the last platform I have, and I could lose that one at any day. Twitter is a very important platform. Twitter is the modern day public square. Twitter is where people cast their ballots for president based on what they are reading on the platform. So Elon Musk says, you know what? No more. That's enough. We're done. And the left is up in arms saying a billionaire just shouldn't be allowed to come in and just like take over like Twitter. Like it's just, it's not fair. Like he can't do that. Really? That, that's really funny. I, I would love to show you guys this graph for starters, because many on the left having a complete tantrum saying it's super unfair that billionaires, the 1%, if you will, are allowed to just come in and try to bring back free speech to America and to Twitter. He can't do that. Let's let's kind of, um, you know, do a little refresher course here. This graph says for my podcast listeners, who bought what media? And number one, we have a nice pretty picture of Jeff Bezos, who many people might not know owns the Washington Post. He bought that one for $250 million. We have multiple other billionaires here, such as John Henry, who owns the Boston Globe, Sheldon Adelson, who owns Las Vegas Review Journal, Lauren Powell Jobs, Steve Jobs' wife, who owns The Atlantic, amongst other billionaires. So even with this chart, very interesting to see 
which billionaires are allowed to influence our media, specifically Jeff Bezos in the Washington Post. Uh, I do remember there was a specific headline that came out that was basically like, oh, why billionaires are actually good or like why I, I forgot what it was about, but it was basically a headline in favor of Jeff Bezos and Amazon written and put out by the Washington Post that is owned by Jeff Bezos, Amazon's founder. That's how that kind of works. So the left melting down saying that Elon Musk can't do that, but Jeff Bezos can. You guys weren't upset about that one? From Logan Ratwick on Twitter, he's a Newsmax national correspondent. He says, same people mad about the world's richest man trying to buy Twitter don't seem to have anything to say about the world's second richest man owning the Washington Post. 100% Logan, very good point there. And why are the liberals so upset and melting down that Elon is trying to come in and make Twitter great again, if you will? It's because he wants to bring back President Trump. And he wants to know why accounts like this one, the Pennsylvania House GOP, is suspended. Now, I, I want to remind you guys, it's 2022. My favorite number is two. So I think this year is great already, right? But what's happening this year? Let's all put our thinking caps on and think really, really hard. There's something special happening this year in which people should probably have access to information via the public square, aka Twitter, from both sides so that they can maybe cast their ballots and be as informed as possible when doing so. Uh, yeah, it's election year. That's right, guys. It's election year. And during election year, we have already seen Jack Posobiec was kicked out of his Twitter. He wasn't banned, um, but he did get a suspension. We have Tucker Carlson, who was locked out of his account for saying that Leah Thomas is a man, which he is. You had uh, the Babylon Bee locked out for the same exact thing. Charlie Kirk as well. And then you have the Pennsylvania House GOP that just, you know, randomly got suspended in 2022. I wonder why. Well, there really is never a reason outside of you have the wrong political ideology. And I want to bring up this article because even ISIS is aware of how influential social media can be. And they are calling for social media warfare to counter enchanting influencers. So uh, this is an article from homelandsecuritytoday.us, and it basically talks about how ISIS said that jihad is not limited to physically fighting, and fighting with, tongue, fighting with tongues is just as important as fighting physically. So even ISIS, okay, is aware of the power of social media, as are all the liberals that are melting down, as is Elon Musk, which is why he is trying to take over Twitter so that we can actually have freedom of information again. I think one of the more important aspects of 1A that isn't necessarily a part of it, but should be really like laid out is our ability to listen to other people's opinions and thoughts, right? Uh, free speech means that everyone should be allowed to talk and everyone should be allowed to listen. But what's happening on Twitter is that, as we know, only one side is allowed to prosper. Look at what happened with the Hunter Biden laptop story a month before the election in 2020. It was censored. And now that Joe Biden is in office and ruining our entire country and more and more stories about Hunter Biden's corruptions and ties to Ukraine and China are coming out, everyone's like, yeah, if I had known about that, like before the election in 2022, I probably wouldn't have voted for Joe Biden. Do you see why censorship is kind of important for the left? 
Another reason why, too, is because the left and our liberal media are constantly lying to us every single day. Now, the Daily Beast put this little gem out. It says Russia airs its ultimate revenge plan for America. Now, I'm going to let you guys take a wild guess as to what you think this is about, just based on the headline. And if you're not following, maybe you're not sure, you just jumped into politics and the media for the first time. What this article is about and implying is that Russia's already colluding with Donald Trump ahead of 2024 to get him reelected as president. And the reason I'm bringing this up now is because remember in 2020, how we started seeing all of those media headlines that were like, don't expect to know election results on election night. I know that that's been a thing since the start of time, but also don't expect it this year for unknown reasons. Just don't expect it. And then on election night, when we didn't know the election results and everyone was like, yeah, that's kind of suspicious. The media had already programmed a large subset of the country to say, no, actually, uh, we expected this to happen. It's because of COVID, you know? So in 2022, it's going to be really fun whenever they reinstate COVID. And then we have to have mail-in ballots for everybody. That's coming. We'll get to that later on in the show. But the Daily Beast already laying the groundwork for Russian collusion, part two, targeting Donald Trump and saying that Russia is planning on trying to reinstall him as president. It is just just such a joke to me. It really is. I've been doing this thing where I go out on the streets of Dallas and I go talk to my fellow minorities, since apparently that's a label that we all have to use. And every single one of them says, F Joe Biden. I hate Joe Biden. Joe Biden is taking money out of our pockets. I can't even drive to work. Bring back Donald Trump. I'm going to start a series called Minorities Hating Joe Biden. And I can already start with part three. I've already put out two videos of people being like, yeah, we want Donald Trump back. And I'm talking about hood men with tattoos on their face, driving freaking lifted vehicles that are like, yo, we want Trump back. We're business owners. We don't F with Joe Biden. Bring back Donald Trump. I I literally had a black man the other day say, I don't care how racist Donald Trump was. I want him back in office. I could have debated him for an hour about Donald Trump's racism because that in itself was manufactured by the media. But the fact that you even have subsets of the black community who think Donald Trump is this rabid racist and would prefer to have him in office over Joe Biden shows you exactly how this country thinks and how Americans are feeling now that our entire country is going to SHIT. But there you go. The Daily Beast already laying the groundwork for more Russian collusion nonsense. You guys can go read that article on your own time. We're really speeding through stuff today. Um, Again, too, with the whole Russia situation, I saw this and thought it was interesting because it's ridiculous from NPR. Runners who live in Russia and Belarus have been banned from this year's Boston Marathon, organizers announced less than two weeks before the event is set to take place. So, uh, you know, that's really fun that people are being extremely xenophobic towards Russians and banning them from a marathon in America and people from Belarus as well because of what's going on in Russia and Ukraine. Again, just goes to show you how ridiculous we are in this country. The levels of pandering I don't even know if this would be called pandering. Um, What is the terminology that I'm looking for here, guys? Uh, When when somebody does something because they want you to think that they're they're better than you. I don't know why it's slipping my mind right now. It's a common term that we use all the time. But basically, yeah, just like the whole social justice nonsense of people being like, yeah, we're going to pour out Russian vodka and we're going to ban runners from the Boston Marathon if they're from Russia because we're just such good people and we just care so much about what's going on in Ukraine. So much. Absolutely ridiculous. 
Now, another reason why <clears throat> it's important that Elon Musk is trying to bring free speech back to Twitter is because look at how the media is already framing the elections in France. Now, you might say, Sav, come on, this is an America First show. You really focus in on things going on here in this country. So why are we looking to France's elections? We are looking to France's elections because AP News is writing that in France, it's Macron versus Le Pen again for presidency. And basically in this article, they go on to say that incumbent Emmanuel Macron will face far right nationalist Marie Le Pen in a winner takes all runoff for the French presidency. So the entire Western media has been trying to frame this and say that France has a uh, nationalistic right wing, a right wing nationalism problem in France. But in reality, the French are tired of Macron. They're tired of his leadership. They're tired of his open border policy. And Le Pen is coming in. She said, I'm going to restore France. She's very conservative with her values. She wants to restore her country. And that is why she has gained favor with the people. It's so funny that the same people in our media that scream and cry about democracy, as soon as it actually happens in France, they say, yeah, no, 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 no. That's just the right wing. That's just, we don't know what's going on with that, but it's nationalism. It's extremism. Look away from that. It's very bad. So I'm bringing this up because again, this is just like a mini little hint as to what we are going to see both this year and in 2024, we already know this, but even France can't have an actual democratic election where people decide we don't want Macron, we'd rather have Le Pen without the Western media completely twisting it. Ridiculous, freaking ridiculous. Now, what else has been going on since we've been gone? The LGBTQ community is completely out of sorts, okay? They're ridiculous. And the trans agenda, the LGBTQ indoctrinations in our schools, Disney coming out and saying they want more LGBTQ characters targeted towards your kids in cartoons, it's reaching ahead and parents are starting to get pissed. Now, many on the right wing, many in conservative media, just many normal people were like, hey, uh, gay people are kind of wild and out. You know, it started off with like, just let them get married. But now they're, they're trying to convert your children. And if you think I'm being extreme when I say that, uh, don't forget about this video. Okay, we're done with that Satanism. I can't hear it anymore. But anyways, don't forget about the fact that we had an entire gay choir from San Francisco sing, we'll convert your children. So they have been laying it out 100% what they were planning on doing. And so when Ron DeSantis came out and said, yeah, we're, we're not going to allow you to indoctrinate our children in schools. Keep in mind, this is only kindergarten through third grade where they're not allowed to be taught about sexuality. It should be like... School as a whole, I don't understand why we're teaching children about LGBTQ sexuality at all in schools outside of biological, like sexual education. If you feel children must know that, why do they need to be taught anything else? Why are they being indoctrinated with this propaganda? Now, remember, Ron DeSantis passed what the left is calling the quote unquote, don't say gay bill, but it's basically a parental rights and education act. That's what it's actually called. And it is basically stating that 
grown adults can't come in and indoctrinate your child with this sexual propaganda. Of course, the left has twisted and manipulated this. And we had Pete Buttigieg, who's supposed to be our like what secretary of transportation going on the view and talking about how this bill is going to kill kids. What? Let's listen. And in my state of Florida, when the, with the so-called don't say gay law now, um, which he says will kill kids. Do you agree? And, you know, as a, as a politician, cause this, this strikes you as, you know, your husband is a teacher. Yeah. You are, uh, obviously LGBTQ yourself and you are now a parent. Yeah. So how do you feel? About yeah, he, he's right. And, and I think every law ought to be judged for the effect it's going to have on real people in real life. And All right. That's enough from you, Buttigieg. <laughs> he just said that he thinks that Florida's bill is going to kill children. That is how insane these people are. And I'm about to get heated right now because on the left, they actually are killing children, but overlook that, completely overlook the fact that five fully formed babies were found murdered in Washington, D.C. No, it is the Florida Parental Rights and Education Act that's going to kill kids. And the White House has doubled down on this rhetoric and they have completely overstepped their bounds and the federal government is overreaching way too much be very mindful of what's going on. I'm going to play you that video in a moment. But Pete Buttigieg going on The View, having the audacity to say that Florida is killing children. Meanwhile, we have a new California bill to permit infant death by neglect. So this bill has been proposed. And it basically says, if you neglect your child up to seven days after birth, you cannot be charged with anything. I want to read exactly what this is. This is from National Review because, of course, if you type into Google a search engine right now and say California bill kill kids seven days after birth, it's immediately going to be a PolitiFact article saying, no, actually, that's not what this bill says. Actually, it is. So let me fact check the fact checkers who are professional liars. So. Let me see if I can find the actual section here. Uh, basically, the portion that we want to focus in on is the perinatal portion. So, first, it would seem to create a broad claim for people who give birth, people who give birth. Are you freaking kidding me? Only women can give birth. I don't know why in this bill it says people, but anyways, let's keep going. To choose not to be a parent that is not limited to not getting pregnant or in the context of the overall bill abortion. Somehow this is called reproductive justice and given a racial tinge, my emphasis, okay, let's be careful. Perhaps the wording just applies to pre-born babies or the right not to get pregnant at all. Nope. It also applies to perinatal outcomes as well as postpartum care. The legislature finds and declares that every individual possesses a fundamental right of privacy with respect to personal reproductive decisions, which entails the right to make and effectuate decisions about all matters relating to pregnancy, including prenatal care, childbirth, postpartum care, that means after birth, contraception, sterilization, abortion care, miscarriage management, and infertility care. What is postpartum care? I looked it up and learned that it encompasses a management of the mother, newborn, and infant during the postpartal period. So this period is usually considered to be the first few days after delivery, but technically it includes the six-week period after childbirth up to the mother's postpartum checkup with her health care 
provider in analyzing this, we have to assume that the bill means what it says, no civil or criminal liability or penalty based on their actions or omissions with respect to perinatal outcomes. And uh, again, there's that right there in the bill, that portion. In Maryland, it's even worse in the Maryland law, if a state actor seeks to bring in action against people who give birth or those who help them based on their actions or omissions with regard to perinatal death, that person or entity can be sued. Nothing in this bill would limit the license granted to the context of the baby surviving an abortion. So basically, again, like I talked about, and you can go and read all of these articles for yourself. These proposed bills are saying that if a mother decides to neglect her newborn child for seven days post-birth in California, they can't be charged. In Maryland, uh, the bill, again, effectively decriminalizes neglecting newborns to death for up to 28 days after their birth. So don't sit here, Pete Buttigieg, and tell me that you care about kids that are being killed when this is what your party promotes. It gets even worse. Going back to the infants that were found in Washington, D.C., I'm going to warn you guys, I, I want to show these pictures because people who support abortion need to understand what it is they're supporting, and this is it. I've had friends who I've lost because of my pro-life stance, and after seeing these pictures, good riddance to those friends because this is what you support if you support abortion. From Lila Rose on Twitter, breaking infant bodies may indicate infanticide after attempted abortions. The bodies of at least five preborn children, some of whom may have been born alive and then killed, have been discovered in Washington, D.C. Again, prepare for the graphic imagery ahead in this thread. So this is baby girl number one who appears to be in her early third trimester and has indications she may have been alive at the start of the procedure. And what you are seeing here is a murdered baby fully formed with her cranium, her skull bashed in. You have another baby boy who looks between 30 to two, 32 weeks of gestational age, totally intact. Um, he appears to be aborted using the induction method, which uses medication to induce labor. There he is there. And there's more of those horrific pictures. I honestly can't look at them. Um, I watched the videos on this, but that's the realities of abortion. And that's what abortionists promote and agree with. And I'm sorry to have pulled those pictures up, but that is what abortion is. And all of these leftist politicians right now who are advocating for surgery for children to get mutilated, transgender children, saying that kids will be killed or they'll die if they don't get this life-saving surgery or treatment it's not life-saving. The suicide rates of the trans community are amongst the highest. And if you really cared about kids, you would be really concerned about the fact that in California and Maryland, they're even proposing bills to allow babies to be killed via neglect seven to 28 days after birth. But no, the Democrat Party does not actually care about kids like they pretend to. Another Side note here, Ghislaine Maxwell was found guilty 87 days ago of child trafficking, and not one client has been arrested. That was put out on April 7th, so a little bit over 87 days now. 
But if the Democratic Party actually cared about children, they would be going after Ghislaine Maxwell. They would be figuring out who it was that was trafficking these children, who went to Jeffrey Epstein's island, but they're not going to do that. And why is it? It's because it's the Democratic Party that is um, very much tied to Jeffrey Epstein. Don't forget, Bill Clinton, Hillary Clinton's husband, wrote on the Lolita Express upwards of, what, 27 times? multiple big celebrity names and politicians tied to Jeffrey Epstein. Yeah, they don't care about kids. They care about attacking kids, targeting kids, and taking away their innocence. (sighs) Horrible to see. Now, there's an intense overreach going on by our government. And what am I talking about when I say that? Well, Jen Psaki came forward because Alabama has since come forward as well and said, hey, we're not allowing transgender surgery for little kids in our state. We're not doing it. This is what the Biden administration responded with. Uh, Across the country, as we've talked about a bit in here, Republican elected officials are engaging in a disturbing, cynical trend of attacking vulnerable transgender kids for purely partisan political reasons. Today in Alabama, instead of focusing on critical kitchen table issues like the economy, COVID, or addressing the country's mental health crisis, Republican lawmakers are currently debating legislation that, among many things, would target trans use with tactics that threatens to put pediatricians in prison if they provide medically necessary, life-saving health care for the kids they serve. Today's vote in Alabama will only serve to harm kids. But Alabama's lawmakers and other legislators who are contemplating these discriminatory bills have been put on notice by the Department of Justice and the Department of Health and Human Services that laws and policies preventing care that health care professionals recommend for transgender minors may violate the Constitution and federal law. So listen to the rhetoric coming out of Jen Psaki's mouth there. She says that these are life-saving treatments, that they're necessary. No, they're not. What are these transgender surgeries for kids? What are these home hormone therapies for kids? They're puberty blockers that stop their normal and natural biological uh, puberty. These are surgeries for children where they are mutilating their bodies and cutting off their body parts. Again, I talk about this um, quite a bit. I believe it was Leslie Stoll who came out with this 60 Minutes documentary about transgender teenagers and adults who detransitioned. And they said that it was via the influence of their doctors. They felt pressured into getting these surgeries, mastectomies. They were castrated. Their lives permanently altered and changed. They couldn't go back after that decision. And their lives were ruined forever. Now, Who is another one of these big corporations targeting children and pushing this type of agenda? That's right, Disney. I found this picture and it so beautifully illustrates the reality of Disney. For my podcast listeners, it's a picture of the Disney castle on an iceberg and then underneath the iceberg, underneath the water, what you can't see is... Jeffrey Epstein's house on his island. This is the reality of Disney 
and parents across the country are going to Disney in Florida and California and protesting them because they keep targeting kids. They attacked Ron DeSantis and were saying, oh, you can't pass this bill, blah, blah, blah. And they're going head to head with Ron DeSantis, the governor of Florida, who speaks for his constituents, his constituents, okay, are the ones who decided this. And Disney is now trying to go in Florida and be like, yeah, we're, we're not going to do that. We're not going to adhere to these standards or principles. Absolutely ridiculous. And then, of course, you have the full force of the mainstream media, full pedophile apologists at this point. And you know what? In my last show, I said pedophilia a lot in regards to anybody who was um, anti-Florida bill, the parental rights and education. I was like, you're just a straight up pedophile. Many people were talking about how it's not necessarily pedophilia, but grooming, right? And I was like, okay, I think that's fair. Pedophilia in itself, because I did, I like to look up the definitions of things and make sure that I am categorizing things in the correct way. If I think, if you are targeting children and trying to teach them about sexuality at a young age, that's pretty um, pedophile to me. But in the modern day, I guess we're using the term groomers now. And many people in the right wing said that that was too extreme of a term to use. And then the media came out and said, why Republicans are smearing everyone as pedophiles now? The GOP smears political opponents as pro-pedophile. Teachers who mention sexuality are grooming kids, conservatives say. From the Washington Post, the new red scare, the right leans into pedophilia accusations. Vice News, conservatives are smearing don't say gay opponents as pedophile groomers against the groomer smear. Why are Republicans so concerned about grooming? Okay, the fact that we have the entire force of our media not pushing back against pedophilia and grooming, but trying to say why this is actually not that bad should be a big red flag. But in today's society, it's just normal. It's like, oh, well, if you're not a groomer, like, what are you doing? From the week, why are Republicans so concerned about grooming? This is a headline that they put out. I I'm sorry, shouldn't everybody be concerned about children being groomed sexually? I don't think that should just be a right-wing sentiment, but apparently it is. Now, I keep seeing these takes from people on the right wing, and I want to give my opinion on it. This is Nathan Wurzel, who is a writer for the Washington Examiner. He says, David French is right. If you sound like a QAnon freak while fighting these ridiculous ideas, you're going to lose and your kids will lose. You're going to have to reach people who agree with you on this and little else. Act accordingly. Comedian Bridget Phetasy also came out and said that calling people groomers was too extreme. Let me tell you why it's not. Because these people are grooming our children. They are targeting our children. They are introducing our children to sexually explicit material and ideology. That's grooming a kid. Okay? And if you do want to link this back to pedophilia, that is what pedophiles do to little children when they sexually abuse them. They tell them that it's okay, that it's just a game, and they normalize it. Just like right now, all these LGBTQ teachers are trying to normalize their sexuality for children. And remember how all of this started. How did we get to the point in society where our teachers are allowed to openly indoctrinate our kids? It started off with us allowing gay marriage. It really did. And I'm not saying that I'm against gay marriage. In the church, I definitely am. But what I am saying is 
everyone was like, oh, it's just gay marriage. Like people just want to get married. It's not going to be anything bigger than that. Uh, and now in the modern day, women have penises. And if you can't indoctrinate a child with your sexuality, you're a bigot. We really devolved very quickly. And as Michael Knowles puts it very succinctly, if you have sexual conversations with kids and hide those conversations from their parents, you're a groomer. It's not that complicated. Exactly. And anybody in the right wing trying to tell you that the term groomer is too extreme can go beyond the left with all of the groomers, because that sounds very groomerish to me. That's all I'm saying. So that's what's going on in our schools right now. It gets worse, too. Um, well, let me just show you an example of what I'm talking about when I scream about groomers. Uh, the Illinois ASCD apparently uh, had a virtual conference scheduled where they were going to be talking about like their curriculum. Um, and this was for like basically schools in Illinois. And one of their speakers, his name was Tell Williams, was famous on social media, on TikTok, for posting videos talking about being a gay preschool teacher. And he's an OnlyFans celebrity, if you will. I had another article that I wanted to pull up about this guy, but the the conference ended up telling saying, you know, he can't speak here anymore. But this conference was supposed to be about curriculum. And he is a teacher that specializes in inclusivity and diversity in schools. He's an OnlyFans porn star. And I looked at some of the I didn't look at his content, but people screenshotted it on Twitter. Like some of the things that he would put out in a poll, he'd be like, Twitter poll, what do you guys want to see me doing today? Do you guys want to see me masturbate myself? Do you guys want to see me using a toy? I apologize for being so graphic. But these are the people who are teaching preschoolers. Yeah, it's what's currently going on. This video is from either Australia or New Zealand. Because you think that this is just an issue that's happening in America. No, this is worldwide. Uh, listen to the homework assignment that was given to a 10-year-old girl. Okay? I want us to understand and be aware of just how corrupted and how deep this runs, not just in America, but worldwide. Watch this. I wish to raise a matter this, uh, this afternoon for the attention of the Minister for Education. And I have to say, it is not often in this job I am absolutely shocked. I thought I'd, I thought I'd seen everything. Uh, but this one um, is, um, is uh, just, just beyond words. Uh, it is a, a, a note from a constituent who says, Hi, Bernie, this is a worksheet that my 10-year-old daughter brought home from school. And it includes a photo of the worksheet. Part of her homework was to discuss with her father his erections and ejaculation. I find this very disturbing and sickening, as indeed do I, I have to say. I have complained to the school and was told it was just part of the curriculum. Can you advise who else I should make a complaint to? Well, I could go on for days uh, who she could complain to. My daughter still plays with dolls and writes letters to the tooth fairy. There is no way any little girl should be told to ask these questions. Well so that is some of the curriculum that we're seeing and some of the homework assignments for 10-year-olds that are happening. And um, again, this was either in Australia or New Zealand. So that's what's going on over there. We've seen the various videos that have come out of libs of TikTok of what these teachers are teaching our children here in America. Funny side note too, Twitter 
suspended libs of TikTok, locked them out of their account for a short time because Twitter said that they were spreading hateful rhetoric, hateful misconduct. I don't know. Yeah, it was like hateful misconduct or something. Basically, Twitter doesn't like that libs of TikTok is exposing all of these disgusting leftists that are indoctrinating your kids. Uh, to further reiterate the point here from Fox News, New Jersey to require second graders to learn about gender identity in the fall. Alarming parents, New Jersey public school second graders will be getting lessons related to gender identity this fall under state sex education guidelines that will take effect in September. The standards listed performance expectations for second graders, which include discussing the range of ways people express their gender and how gender role stereotypes may limit behavior. This is what we called grooming. One school district in the state distributed sample lesson plans indicating first graders could be taught that they could have boy parts but feel like a girl. Why are we teaching this to little kids? They have the most malleable minds among us. They're still growing up. They're still learning about things. So, of course, the teachers, the left, wants to target them while they're still learning about the world. So that way, you know, teach them young, then it's a normal thing for them as they get older and older. People are pushing back, however, and in Alabama, their Senate on a 26 to 5 vote just passed HB 322, banning males from female bathrooms and prohibiting sexual and gender indoctrination in kindergarten through fifth grade. Big win coming out of Alabama. It's not all bad. And again, too, this even stretches out of the LGBTQ indoctrination. We also have critical race theory being taught to our children. We had this church in Chicago that was going to be, quote unquote, fasting from whiteness during Lent, but not using any music created by white people. So this is a multifaceted issue. It's not just the LGBTQ indoctrination. We also have Black Lives Matter, critical race theory being pushed on your child. So that way, you know, if the gay agenda doesn't get them, then they'll become just aren't racist who are like, oh, uh, yeah, I, I hate my fellow white people because of what I was taught via the 1619 Project Revisionist History. Uh, this is from Ohio State University. A student leader said he would love to live in a world where black people are taught that they are superior. Sounds too crazy to be true, right? Nope. Here's the video. Go ahead and watch real quick. Um, I just wanted to say that um, and make this very clear. The only people who are taught that they are superior to another race are white people. And I would absolutely love to live in a world where black people were taught that they are superior. I would love it because I wholeheartedly believe that. So there you guys go, Ohio State University. Black supremacy is actually a big problem in this country. The alphabet agencies, the Department of Homeland Security, the FBI keep on saying that white supremacy is an issue. No, black supremacy is an issue. There was just a shooting in Brooklyn at a Brooklyn subway station. Luckily, nobody was killed. The shooter... Long history of black supremacist posts, long history of hating white people, okay? That's actual racism, and we do have a big black supremacy problem in this country. We'll be getting to, into that in a moment, but another thing that happened while we were away, Black Lives Matter secretly bought a $6 million house. Allies and critics alike have questioned where the organization's money has gone. So Black Lives Matter bought this $6 million mansion, and they try to say that 
it was supposed to be this influencer house where they were creating content. And that's why they had to spend so much money on it. And from the Washington Examiner, BLM co-founder, you know, who was a part of buying this $6 million house, that money should have gone to the Black Lives Matter chapters across America, maybe actually helping the black community or sending some, you know, kids to to college or to school, like they say uh, they want for the black community. Oh, we're so oppressed. We want to be able to have the same opportunity, but also we're going to... um, go ahead and use all of the money that we have, uh, you know, gathered and buy a mansion for ourselves. Yay, capitalism. We also hate capitalism. So um, BLM BLM co-founder Patrice Kohler says, charity transparency laws are triggering. Oh my gosh, this is just too good to be true. I had to bring this up because I was like, are you freaking kidding me? What a joke. So laws that require charities to disclose their finances and activities to the public endanger the lives of activists. Black Lives Matter co-founder Patrice Cooler said at a recent event, the embattled activist who is facing renewed criticism following reports BLM Global Network Foundation, well, under her control, you know, accidentally like purchased a $6 million home in Los Angeles, home, it was a mansion, said she gets triggered whenever she hears the term IRS Form 990, the document charities are required to file to the public every year disclosing their financial activities. So apparently um, having to disclose what you're using money that people donated to you for via your charity, that's triggering and it's actually, um, you know, endangering the lives of activists. So you know, we just really should probably stop investigating BLM, stop trying to figure out where those tens of millions of dollars that they made went to, because it's it's endangering their lives. It really is. It's really endangering them. Now, we're seeing a lot of pushback, okay, against the LGBTQ nonsense, and also against BLM, a reckoning is coming from the Daily Mail, for example. Kenosha elects GOP executive for first time ever in wake of the 2020 BLM riots that caused $50 million in damage and left the city looking like a war zone as conservatives claim it's early sign of midterm red wave. Samantha Kirkman defeated Democrat Rebecca Matoska Ment. Mentink in Tuesday's spring election to become the next Kenosha County executive. And apparently this is the first time, um, yeah, that this has uh, happened. So the GOP, the right wing, the Republican Party taking over on multiple fronts as BLM terrorized Americans and they're actually waking up to the realities of the Democratic Party and their, uh, you know, militia wing, a.k.a. BLM, Antifa. From the insider as well, Texans elect the first Republican mayor of McAllen, a majority Latino border city in 24 years. This was last year, but another example of how all of these horrible open borders policies, BLM being allowed to run rampant, the district attorneys that are corrupt and funded by George Soros continuing to let them out of jail to go terrorize more Americans, a BLM misusing funds, how the Biden administration completely tanking our economy, uh, record high inflation rates. We just hit a new record high yesterday, by the way, Um, a new 40 year high. Very, very fun for us. The supply chain issues, grocery store shelves empty. It seems like there's a, a bit of a reckoning coming for the Democratic Party and for the liberal left because people are absolutely tired of this nonsense. They're tired of democratic rule. They're tired of their children being targeted. They're tired of their country being completely destroyed and they're done with it. Elon Musk, tired of free speech being thrown to the wayside in America, the country that is supposed to be the bastion of freedom. So there is a big reckoning coming. 
And the feds are being exposed right now, too. Just another cherry on top of the cake. I didn't want to make this uh, show too much of a black pill because while all of this is going on and there is a major cultural and spiritual war that we are all living through, some good things are happening and the feds are being exposed. For example, um, actually, let me read this one first. Um, Where is it? Here we go. Breaking federal court filings reveal over 20 FBI agents were embedded in the January 6th crowd. Very interesting. Wow. We were told that the FBI was not involved in that at all. Um, What happened, guys? Uh, So the feds were there. Interesting. From the Daily Wire. Judge acquits January 6th defendant who reasonably believed Capitol Police let him into the building. Remember all of those videos of people who were being let into the Capitol building by the Capitol Police? Yeah, judges are like, okay, yeah, I'm not going to throw you in jail and make you a political prisoner. The cops let you in there. So a big win on that front. Uh, found out that feds confirmed were there at the Capitol on January 6th, which we already knew. Um, also, two people have been acquitted in the Whitmer case, FBI Misconduct Central. Remember what happened when the FBI tried to entrap American citizens and say, hey, let's go while well, kidnap Governor Gretchen Whitmer. That's what the FBI has been doing. Well, the two people that they were trying to entrap were equ- acquitted. So, and a huge defeat for the U.S. Department of Justice, a jury today acquitted two men accused of conspiring to kidnap Michigan Governor Gretchen Whitmer in the fall of 2020 and deadlocked on a verdict for two other defendants. So, jurors notified the chief U.S. District Court judge that they had reached a verdict, um, and they basically said, yeah, defense attorneys argued that their clients were entrapped by the FBI, at least a dozen FBI confidential human sources and undercover agents working out of numerous FBI field offices were deeply embedded in the plot. So we're FBI being exposed as they should be and um, found out they're part of January 6th, the Gretchen Whitmer plot from Jack Posobiec. Can't downplay what happened in Michigan today. An FBI agent's testimony used to be an instant guilty verdict from juries. Now their credibility is such a disaster that they're losing cases that used to be slam dunks. People see through the BS. Also very interesting, the head of FBI Detroit during the fake Whitmer plot was transferred to the D.C. field office before January 6th. If we connect all these dots here, it seems like the feds really are not looking out for the average American citizen in any way, shape or form. Now, going back to what I said earlier about how we do not have a white supremacy problem in this country and maybe our alphabet agencies should be focused in on the real domestic terrorists on our streets, Black Lives Matter terrorists, Antifa, who have been allowed to beat up little grandpas in the street, burn down federal courthouses, the black supremacists, because this is the second one now that has come out in a what a matter of six months and tried to commit a mass murder. Don't forget about Daryl Brooks, the Waukesha Uh, autonomous SUV. No, I kid. He was a black supremacist who went and mowed down a bunch of white people at a Christmas parade because he held black supremacist views and hated white people. While in Brooklyn, at least 29 were injured during a shooting and undetonated devices were found. The subway suspect was a black supremacist or is a black supremacist, I should say. 
the Waukesha killer, also a black supremacist. The guy who tried to assassinate a mayoral candidate was a black supremacist. And the man who murdered a Capitol Police officer was a black supremacist. In summary, white supremacy is the problem that comes from Matt Walsh. And um, again, too, just going more into the Brooklyn subway shooter story. Very interesting that apparently there's 10,000 cameras in this subway station. There's 472 subway stations. And all of the cameras were operational except for the three cameras that would have shown us who this person was. Murray on Twitter says, this reminds me of the Las Vegas massacre, the Pentagon on 9-11 and Jeffrey Epstein's prison cell. A coincidence to be sure. Very, very interesting. Uh, But again, this black supremacist who some people are, you know, thinking could potentially be a fed. I don't even know at this point, like we've reached a point in American society where an FBI agent going and committing a false flag terror event on American citizens is not so far fetched. Why would the FBI do that? Why would our government do that to us? So that way they can enact stricter gun laws. So that way they can terrorize Americans and send us into a frenzy. Okay. Get us to give up more of our rights and freedoms to the government. This is something we've actively seen before. Look into Operation Northwoods. Uh, For example, that was an operation the government tried to conduct back in, I believe it was what, the 60s when Fidel Castro was ruling in Cuba, communism was spreading. And so the U.S., was trying to propose Operation Northwoods to stage false flag operations on American citizens and on Cubans. They wanted to kill American citizens and blame Cuba for it as a way to get us into a war with Fidel and with Cuba. Go look into that if you think that I'm crazy and don't believe me. So that's what's going on with our intelligence agencies. Now, I'm going to breeze through this COVID news. I have about 10 minutes left with you guys. uh, And then I'm actually going to go shoot a video with Alex Stein. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, You can find that on my Instagram, my Truth Social account, or on my Rumble channel, or maybe here on YouTube. I'll be posting that tomorrow. Um, But I'm going to just go ahead and breeze through this very quickly because I do want to talk about what's currently going on in Shanghai and transfer over to some COVID news. Now, uh, Shanghai residents have been locked down. There are 25 million people that are currently being locked down in Shanghai and our mainstream media has been completely silent on it. I want to play you a video of what people are experiencing over there because nobody seems to be reporting on it. And this is what our government could potentially do to us if we do give up our second amendment, right? If we do allow them to continue to overreach on our rights and freedoms, why are we still wearing face masks on airlines? I've been a big proponent against that because I understand that it is a tool and it is a way to make us subservient to the government and make us feel like it's okay for the government to come in and say, well, we can take away your rights and freedoms and force you to do things because of health and safety. No, absolutely not. Because that's what the CCP is doing to residents in Shanghai right now. They're starving to death. Watch this video. I'll narrate it for you. So this is a man in Shanghai. He says the supermarket is closed. What do I buy? What do I eat? What do I drink? He said you are driving people to death. He says I live in Shanghai. My parents are locked up for two months. How do they live these two months? My grandmother, she lives alone. Nobody takes care of her. You locked us up. What does she drink? What does she eat? You are driving someone to death. He's talking to the CCP. 
He says, F you, Shanghai city government, are they even human? Driving ordinary people to revolt. He says, there's no way for me to live. They're not doing anything. No way for them to live either. No way, no way for anybody to live. The government not doing anything at all. I'm only preparing supplies until April 5th. I have no more money. He said every day his business is shut down, but my employees need to eat. He doesn't have any money. I have to pay for my mortgage. In two days, my mortgage is due. What do I do? He says he doesn't care anymore. Just let the Communist Party take me. And that was such a heartbreaking video. And, and that phrase right there specifically where he says, just let the Communist Party take me. This is what's currently going on to citizens in Shanghai because the Chinese are so afraid of COVID and the virus spreading because they really genuinely are that they have shut down 25 million people and they are flying drones around the city because people have started going outside on their balconies of their apartments and screaming. It's dystopian in Shanghai right now. Our media not even reporting on it. Let me play you another video of uh, pets being taken away from people who have COVID. So what you guys are seeing is bags of cats. They're put in these mesh bags taken away from Shanghai residents because of COVID. Drones have been flying around the cities as people scream outside of their or out of their apartments every single night saying, control your soul's desire for freedom. That's what's currently going on in Shanghai. Let me play you one more video as well to really highlight how the people are being treated over there because they are starting to revolt and they are starting to push back and the CCP is brutally just disappearing them. Watch. So the reason why we play these videos and the reason why we highlight this is because this actually is a humanitarian crisis and Democrats love to use that phrase. They love to talk about the humanitarian crisis at our border. If they actually cared about people, if they actually cared about humanitarian crisis, if they actually cared about democracy or blah, 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 all these things they pretend to care about, they would be going and trying to help the people in China. They would be going and they would have tried to help the people in Canada, in Australia, who were brutalized by their government. But our government doesn't actually care about that. Our government only ever cares about going to war in the Middle East where they can go, you know, maybe get some access to opium fields and the uh, oil over there. Our government only cares about going to war and helping people if it's financially advantageous for them. And, uh, you know, all of the uh, different companies like Raytheon in which they hold stock. Our government is so disgusting and corrupt. They would do this exact thing to us in a heartbeat if we let them, which is why we need to always be on our guard. From Jack Posobiec, if you test positive for COVID in Shanghai, they're taking you to quarantine centers and killing your pets. That's what's currently going on. And if you think it can't happen here in America, well, in Philly, they just reinstated their indoor mask requirements as quote unquote, 
COVID cases rise again. Funny how these COVID cases rise every single election year, isn't it? Why is that? So that way they can re-implement those mail-in ballots and fortify yet another election. I talked about this earlier, the Biden administration extending that transportation mask mandate for 15 more days. If you guys think that we're out of COVID, we're absolutely not. And the reason why we're still not out of this is because people, for some reason, have not said no, have not pushed back. Okay, we could get as bad as Shanghai is right now if we allow our government to do that to us. So people need to wake up, need to share this video and show other people what the government with too much power could be allowed to do. Going back to the just... COVID hysteria that our media is trying to hype up. This was from Good Morning Britain, uh, not from here in America, but basically what's to come here in the next couple of months as the election nears closer and closer. A COVID, nine new symptoms, shortness of breath, feeling tired, aching body, headache, sore throat, blocked runny nose, loss of appetite, or feeling sick or being sick. So if you have the common cold, you probably have COVID and you're going to die. And then from Axios, COVID cases rise again in half of the U.S. states. Oh my goodness, COVID so big, bad, and scary. We definitely need to lock down again and give the government more power. So apparently Nancy Pelosi got COVID, and this is how I know our government officials don't actually care about it, uh, because she was pictured with Joe Biden. They were kissing each other on the cheek, and the White House was like, well, that wasn't close contact, and Joe Biden shouldn't be worried about getting COVID. It's not really that big of a deal. Freaking ridiculous. Everything's freaking ridiculous. And what aren't we actually focused in on? Um, This woman from Canada post this picture of a positive COVID-19 test. She said, well, guys, I finally got COVID. Just kidding. I tested Coca-Cola and it came back positive. And she's been doing this. She did it with tap water and it still came back positive. So do you think that our government may be investigating um, all of the faulty COVID tests that ramped up those numbers and that could be contributing to these COVID surges? No, absolutely not. They're going to continue to use these faulty tests to drum up fear. Meanwhile, the people who are getting or have been vaccinated with the COVID-19 vaccine, dealing with severe blood clotting. For example, Nellie Corda, the number two female golf player in the world, has been forced to stop competing due to blood clots at the age of 23. She's also vaccinated, number two golf player in the world. She had to have surgery to remove that blood clot. Young girl, only 23 years old. Um, We also have Warning signs like this one from the Morris Success Family Practice um, in New Jersey. Student athletes, sports physicals are done primarily to make sure you are not at high risk for sudden cardiac death on the playing field. COVID vaccinations affect your risk. They say in response to worldwide experience and vaccine adverse event monitoring, we are adopting a more precautionary sports physical sign off policy. That's what's currently going on. And oh, I was going to show you guys this compilation of all of these athletes who have been either dropping dead or experiencing severe heart issues. But it seems that the page no longer exists. So I guess I'm not showing you guys that one after all. So that's what's currently going on. I apologize to uh, have to power through that. But um This is what's going on in America. This is what's been going on in our country. I apologize that I have not been able to do the show as often as I used to. I know a lot of you used to depend on me as your news source, but I promise you that I will keep you updated on the important issues going on here in America and worldwide when I can. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. And um, America is not in a good spot. We'll end with this video of Joe Biden getting completely ignored when Obama visited the White House. This was, I believe... Two weeks ago at this point, about, no, it was last week. It was last week on Tuesday. Uh, Obama visited the White House, and this was the response. 
And podcast listeners, this is an old clip, so I'm sure you've already seen it. But it's Joe Biden looking completely lost as Obama is surrounded by Democrats and he's pushed out. So this is the leader of America. This is the leader of the free world. We're not doing good, folks. And Joe Biden wasn't even aware that he was the president. He was calling himself the vice president. Obama was calling him the vice president. This country is a complete joke right now because of our failed leadership, all by design, by the way. This is all manufactured. So, you know, I'm preaching to the choir. You guys already know this. But we really need to wake up, continue to push back every single day and fight back against this complete insanity. My name is Savannah Hernandez. This has been another episode of Rapid Fire. We are almost at 400 reviews on Apple Podcasts, so please do go leave a review if you like the show. Remember, you can always follow, find it on Rumble, on Odyssey, on Podcasts, anywhere podcasts are streamed. Please go leave comments. Please go leave the five stars reviews. I read each and every single one of them, and I appreciate all of your support. My podcast with Tucker Carlson, an hour long, should be coming out here shortly. I'll let you know an exact date. I was on Tim Pool while I was gone. I've done a multitude of things. You can find my reporting primarily on my Instagram at Sav with one N. Thank you guys so much for tuning into another episode. My name is Savannah Hernandez and I'll see you guys next time.